This election is a choice. This election will determine whether we can come together. This election is absolutely crucial. What's really important, of course, is 12 us in a giant stress-free rifle. Please explain. You're listening to the 4ZZZ Breaks the Election podcast. Hello, election watchers. Welcome to the 4ZZZ Breaks the Election podcast, where our newsroom breaks down what's happening in the election for May 9, 2022, just 12 full campaigning days from the federal election. My name is Alexis Pink. I'm the news coordinator here at 4ZZZ. Joining us today is the 4ZZZ newsroom. I'm Sophia Mann. Uh, I usually do culture vultures, but also help out with Zedlines once in a blue moon. I'm Catherine Strofeld. I'm currently a student at UQ studying journalism and arts. Hello, uh, I'm Indio Miles. I'm here as a Zedliner and I'm also a Griffith University student studying journalism. Okay, so on today's podcast, the debate that's turned into a shouting match, the religious discrimination bills back, Tim Wilson's dedication to freedom of speech, and a candidate referred to the federal police. Interesting day as always. Let's start at the top. What happened with this debate, Catherine? Yeah, so the Australian Greens Party has called for higher debate standards and an independent overseeing body following last night's leaders' debate. Greens Senator for Media and Communications, Senator Sarah Hanson-Young, has pledged to make moves establishing an independent debates commission in the next parliament. She describes the debate as woeful and a disservice to voters, and two grown men, so-called leaders, shouting at each other. Uh, This comes after a massive social media backlash during the debate, pointing out the low quality in both the leaders' contributions and the standard of journalism on show. Hanson Young also called for an inclusion of the Greens Party in future debates as the only minor government party. Uh, Has anyone seen much of this debate? Yeah, so it was on Channel 9. Um, I watched MasterChef instead. That was a bit more wholesome for me. Um, <laughs> we, we tried, to be fair. We tried to flick it to it, and then we just sort of put on the subtitles and muted it. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I didn't have um, much luck with getting through the entirety of the debate, but I had a, I had a bit of a listen to it, and, um, and they were talking about the price of lettuce, unfortunately, at the moment. And, um, and for, for me, who was tucking into a whole head of it just, just in front of the laptop, sadly, um, yeah, it made me too depressed, so I swapped over. What would you like to see in debates? What, what would really make this a lot better, in your opinions? I think a level of professionalism you expect to see in the leaders of the country would probably be a start yep i agree (laughs) um actual clarity around your policies and how it relates to the question would be (laughs) would be lovely because a lot of the questions especially just um when they were talking about their character just turned into identity politics and just arguing about who's the worst out of the two of them and that provided nothing for me listening so (laughs) let's move on to our next story this one's about the discrimination bill sophia what's going on there So Prime Minister Scott Morrison is doubling down on his defence of the Religious Discrimination Bill without protections for transgender students. Morrison said in a statement yesterday the whole debate around the bill had been hijacked by Labor and the crossbench. He added that fears about religious schools removing gay students from their schools using this bill were unfounded. This comes after the City Point College students' contracts that required students and parents to sign up to a, quote, traditional understanding of gender and sexuality and the importance of traditional marriage in support of the family. Opposition leader Anthony Albanese addressed the comments from the Prime Minister saying he was walking back a promise to ensure gay students would be protected. He is also committed to introducing a religious discrimination bill with specific protections for transgender and gay students and families. Is a religious discrimination bill with protections for transgender and gay students absolutely positively necessary based on the discrimination act as it's written today i've got a strong no on that one 
Yeah, like religion is a protected group in discrimination law. So I don't know what Albanese is actually aiming at there. Is it mostly just so it can't be used as a cultural war wedge? Yeah, well, he says he definitely wants to protect people with religious views from discrimination, but it doesn't actually go into how that would be enacted. And I think that's where we get into the sort of weeds of it of like, so does that mean people can then go into a school and say, well, I believe in this specific, you know, theological view that you are an abomination. Is that then protected under this? And another big thing I saw with when they first kind of rolled out that religious discrimination bill as an idea was um, hospitals sort of being able to invoke their right to um, deny medical help, for example, hormones like abortions, all of that kind of thing. And to me, it just seemed like enshrining this ability to just turn people away and kind of almost discriminate against them. And that's the next big thing, isn't it? A lot of these religious discrimination protections they're talking about are discriminatory. Mm. They talk about taking away specific rights of other groups. I think a recent one that's come up with um, Queensland is the Voluntary Assisted Dying Act as well Mm. um, is sort of rising up the ranks a little bit. I guess we'll see how it all turns out. Uh, We don't know what um, Labor is going to propose if they become government, so I guess we'll Mm. see how it turns out. And we've seen a lot of this kind of action throughout... Um, the the campaigning so far as well like there's been a lot of I guess what you can call safe play perhaps from from the Albanese side of things. Okay so let's move on to another story this one's about an LNP candidate in Lily. Sophia what happened here? Queensland LNP candidate for the seat of Lily Vivian Lobo has been referred to the federal police by the Australian Electoral Commission over allegations he provided a false residential address After complaints from Labor about possible electoral fraud, an investigation into the registered address was pursued after allegations the residential address located in the Lilly electorate was vacant, with neighbours telling the ABC that no one had lived in the Everton Park home in months. Mr Lobo said in a statement that he had intended to move in right after signing the lease, but had been busy with campaign duties. Oh, okay. Things you shouldn't do. Lie to the Electoral Commission. (laughs) (laughs) There's some technical points here, which I'm going to quickly go through. So when it comes to candidates and being disqualified from running, once you're on the ballot paper, you're on the ballot paper. So the Electoral Commission aren't going to change that. If Mr Lobo is charged with a crime that has a sentence of more than 12 months, lying to the Electoral Commission is one of those things that does carry such a charge, that would disqualify him from being able to take his position in Parliament and it would trigger a by-election if he won. Where it becomes more complicated is if he comes second or lower and you have to figure out if his impact on the election would have significantly changed the outcome if he wasn't running which could be a challenge for the Court of Disputed Returns. Mm. Very complicated and silly, and what seems to be quite avoidable. Yeah. (laughs) Because the other thing is, you don't have to live in the electorate to be able to run in the electorate. Yeah. (laughs) It's a really interesting 
game and and it's completely shocked me to to see anything along these lines all right let's move on to our last story um this one's about the teal independence and our favorite freedom boy tim wilson indio what's happening <laughs> so yeah um in this case and more evidence has emerged showing liberal mp candidate for goldstein tim wilson's attempts to prevent his opponent zoe daniel from erecting campaign signs in front gardens in the electorate so a freedom of information request it was submitted by both fairfax media and daniel's election team and they uncovered a series of text messages, phone calls and emails made between uh, Tim, Tim Wilson himself and members of the local council to each other to take the campaign signs down. It looks like political interference. It looks like a federal member of parliament is using his connections in a local council to interfere with somebody else's campaign. That's what it looks like, right? Mm. And that's exactly what um, Zoe, Zoe Daniels has been saying. <laughs> so very validly to an extent. How does that make you feel about Tim Wilson's dedication to freedom of speech as a, as a concept? Yeah, I feel like freedom of speech is often used as a bit of a dog whistle, isn't it? For I can say anything with no repercussions and you can't stop me. And yeah, it kind of seems like he's using that a little bit. It sort of raises warning signs a little bit for voters, maybe. Certainly, he's been very vocal about freedom of speech issues all the way through his campaign and through his career in Parliament, and it just feels a little bit disingenuous when you specifically go after a person's freedom of speech. Freedom for me, but not for you, yeah. 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 Mm, and from the from the local council side of things as well, uh, for some of the conversations <laughs> that were going on um, from, obviously, their names have been redacted now, but <laughs> between the staff members of the, of the local council um, when they received these requests from Tim and they were getting multiple phone calls and spreadsheets of the signs across the electorate, it's, um, it's yeah, it's crazy just um, how little they wanted to deal with this issue. <laughs> Okay, we should probably finish up there. Just before we go, the Australian Electoral Commission has opened pre-polling centres from today. There are reports that lines for pre-poll are quite long, so please plan your day accordingly or choose less busy times to attend. The afternoons tend to be a very good time to go to pre-polling centres if you're in a bit of a hurry. For information, head to the AEC's website, www.aec.gov.au. They'll have a list of all the pre-polling places as well as their opening times. So, thank you for listening to the 4ZZZ Breaks the Election podcast. For more news, head to 4ZZZ.org.au forward slash news or listen to 4ZZZ on 102.1 FM on DAB Plus Digital Radio via the 4ZZZ website or on your favourite podcasting app. If you have a tip-off or feedback for the show, please email us, newsroom at 4ZZZ.org.au. And, of course, if you'd like to support this program and all the other things that we do on 4ZZZ, you can head to 4ZZZ.org.au forward slash support and subscribe or donate to us today. Thank you for joining us today. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye. Thank Bye. you. <laughs>